Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In season one, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Who among us can forget the very first reveal trailer for Smash Bros. Ultimate? The Nintendo Direct from March 8, 2018 featured a bunch of updates for Splatoon 2 at the end of the video, including new gear and the Octo Expansion DLC. Following about 8 minutes of explanation, Nintendo gave one more announcement. The video was a trailer that looked very similar to Splatoon's first reveal trailer in 2014, and viewers thought, more Splatoon? What could this possibly be? But as the world faded to black, everyone was caught unawares, including the squid kid on the screen. And then we saw it. That fiery smash ball in the sky. The promise of a new Smash Bros that very same year, and, if you listen closely, a tease of the theme song, Life Light, three months before the first full version was heard. The reveal of the Squid Kid from Splatoon being a new character in Smash Bros was the vehicle of Smash Ultimate's triumphant entry onto the field. The character seemed to be a phenomenal choice, as Splatoon is still a fresh new IP for Nintendo, and the game mechanics of this inky shooter would be completely different from any character we've seen so far. Splatoon's addition to Smash also brings with it 26 tunes, four of which are remixes. One of those remixes is called Bomb Rush Blush whose original song is technically from the first Splatoon for Wii U, but also technically not. We'll get into that later. The remix is by Tomoya Otani.
This is probably one of the most unique songs in the Smash Bros. Ultimate soundtrack in terms of style. I don't know if any of the other songs are quite as EDM-like as this. If you're unfamiliar with Splatoon, you'll notice that the vocals of this game are a set of seemingly unintelligible syllables sung with conviction and severely altered in a program of some kind. Those would be the sounds of the squid singing to you, of course. The world of Splatoon features a number of fictional artists and bands that provide the soundtrack to the game. These include the Squid Sisters, Callie and Mary, who perform J-pop style music. The Bottom Feeders, which are a sort of Celtic rock. Ink Theory, a six-piece, all-female, avant-garde, classically trained group. and at least a dozen more. The game so revolves around music making and singing, the primary two agents who side with the protagonists are the musicians Callie and Mary, and the final boss is named DJ Octavio. The song Bomb Rush Blush is one of the rare moments that the Squid Sisters perform alone. It's Callie's solo song. Before we get more into the history of this particular song, here it is in its original form, in the game composed by Toru Minigishi and Shio Fuji. Splatoon was released worldwide in May of 2015, but the first occurrence of this song was at the second live performance by the Squid Sisters, which was held on April 29, 2016 at the Chunga Kasai Music Festival. Yes, this is an actual music festival, and yes, this is as strange as it sounds. The live Squid Sisters were some sort of hologram that were projected onto the stage. The day after the concert, it was announced that this song, as well as Marie's counterpart solo song, Tide Goes Out, would be available in Splatoon with the release of their Amiibos in July of that year. What a world we live in. In 2017's Splatoon 2, it turns out Callie was brainwashed and recruited by the evil DJ Octavio, who personally remixed her solo song to sound like this. Speaking of remixes, let's go back to that first version of Bomb Rush Blush we heard, which is the only one to appear in Smash Ultimate. Listen in particular to this little section of drums. 
Now, listen to this other piece of music from the late 60s. Turns out, those are the exact same audio file. Arranger Tomoya Otani, for lack of a better term, borrowed this sound from the original song to use in Bomb Rush Blush. Well, actually, it turns out there is a better term for this. And we call it... Sampling! In music, sampling is the act of taking a portion, or a sample, of one sound recording and reusing it as an instrument or a sound recording in a different piece. It's used all the time today in pop music, whether we realize it or not. How many times have you had a realization that a hook from a song you just listened to on the radio is actually from another song from 40 years ago? The term sampling first started being used in the late 1970s, when Kim Ryrie and Peter Vogel used a feature of their Fairlight CMI synthesizer to record part of a piano piece from a radio broadcast. Playing it at different pitches, they made this keyboard sound like a piano. Moving into the 80s, the competition of the Fairlight would already incorporate samples rather than synthesized instruments, such as real drum sounds. Sample length grew to more than 10 seconds, and by the end of the 80s, the golden age of hip-hop had begun. Before this time, DJs had used turntables to loop drum breaks for musicians to rap over, but affordable samples made looping much easier to do. We'll come back to that later. Turns out, sampling in the hip-hop world quite often finds itself borrowing from video games. Here's just a small sampling for you. Lil Yachty's Run, Running is basically just the Super Mario 64 file select screen music with a beat added in. Childish Gambino takes aquatic ambience from Donkey Kong Country and slices it up throughout Eat Your Vegetables, playing basically the whole unaffected sample at the end of the track. One of the craziest examples of video game sampling to me is Drake's Six God, which takes a Donkey Kong Country 2 song, Haunted Chase, and pitch shifts it and chops it up so it's in 4-4 instead of 6-8. I'll admit it, I'll admit it. There are, of course, a million other examples, and not just from video game music. Many songs take sound effects from games as samples as well. What's really interesting is that this trend of hip-hop sampling works in reverse as well. There are pieces of game music that borrow from pop for the games, and our arranger for the Bomb Rush Blush remix, Tomoya Otani, uses a lot of samples in his tracks. His most notable works in the past two decades have been writing music for Sonic, so let's take a look at three Sonic tunes that he's made over the years. The first we'll look at is Wave Ocean, The Water's Edge from Sonic the Hedgehog 06. 
Listen to the drum loop that plays throughout. Next is Cool Edge Day from Sonic Unleashed. Once again, listen to that drum line. Lastly, here's Boss Deep Core from Sonic Rush Adventure. They all use the exact same drum part that he used in Bomb Rush Blush. And it's all taken from the exact same song. Alright, let's finally figure out what this song is. The Winstons were a funk and soul music group that formed in the late 60s, and only existed for a short time. In that time, though, they released an EP whose A-side is the song Color Him Father, and the B-side is a soul arrangement of the traditional gospel song Amen Brother. At a minute and 26 seconds of the B-side, we hear the drummer break out into a solo instrumental section that goes like this. This seven-second sample of music is known as the Amen Break. It's an amazingly catchy line. So catchy, in fact, it's been sampled over 4,000 times according to whosampled.com and is likely the most sampled bit of music in history. Don't believe me? Here it is in NWA's Straight Outta Compton, where it's been slowed down. Here it is in Skrillex's Juggernaut remix of Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. Here it is in Eyeless by Slipknot. And here it is in the Futurama theme song. Again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Now that you know about this sample, I'm sure you'll start to hear it all over the place. One last thing to mention about sampling. It's very easy these days for anybody to rip part of a piece of music, a sound effect, or even somebody talking, and modify it for a piece of art that you create. The question is, who owns that little sample that you've collected? Even if you've transformed it in some way, have you violated copyright, and if so, to what length should you go to respect the creator of the clip? Should you give them credit? Pay them? Give them royalties? By the letter of the law, an artist must have clearance from the original artist to use a sample of their music, which can be a timely and costly process. Is that a fair thing for somebody to ask for just using a short little amount of someone's work? 
It's a tough question. You have people arguing on one end of the spectrum that sampling should be done without clearing it with the sample's creator first, as a means of true artistic freedom. For these people, taking away your ability to use samples is like saying they're not allowed to play their instrument. On the other hand, what if the sampler, or samplers, are making way more of a profit off your material than you ever did? Anywhere you look online about the Amen break, you read stories about the drummer of the Winstons, Gregory Coleman. You might think he was a successful musician because of the widespread use of his drum track. In reality, neither he nor his band made a cent off of any use of the Amen Break sample, and in 2006, Coleman died broke and homeless. This is probably one of the most extreme examples of when it comes to copyright and sampling, but it raises one of the tough ethical dilemmas that musicians on both sides of the sampling coin have to face. Musicians have a hard time making money, man. Sampling is definitely a staple of music today. Just be courteous about how you use samples in your own compositions. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast or suggestions of a song or music topic. Leaving a rating or review on your podcasting platform is a great way to share that with me and helps Overtone Warp Zone gain some exposure. You can stay up to date on podcast news by visiting the website overtonewarpzone.com. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast and want to give your support, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash overtonewarpzone. Until next time, keep playing. <laughs> <laughs>